everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. You may not have ever thought about it this way, but Luke 18 and 19 has a story of two men. One actually is obedient to Jesus and lives a life that is worthy of replicating, and one walks away lost. So I'm excited to jump into this and talk a little bit about the details of these stories. Again, we are looking at Luke chapter 18. We picked up at verse 15 uh, because we read the uh, the first half of the chapter a little while ago. And then we read through Luke 19. It's not the only things that happen, uh, but I'm interested to talk about them. So when you refer to the men who are good examples of following a life that is marked by Jesus and one who is completely not... Who are you referring to? It's funny. It's like it's like a flip situation. So Luke 19 has the story of Zacchaeus. Okay. And it, Zacchaeus is like Jonah. Unfortunately, the only thing that sticks in our minds about Zacchaeus is like the uh, the details that don't matter. He was a wee little man. Yeah. <laughs> a wee little man was he. It doesn't matter how tall Zacchaeus was. Yeah. Just like it doesn't matter that Jonah was eaten by a fish. There's much bigger details to know. The other person uh, that Jesus is talking to is this rich young ruler, this rich man, um, both of them have different things going on. I would say both of them have some issues in their lives, but how they handle their issues is interesting. And to me, it sticks out to me that these two stories are like back to back. I mean, apparently Luke was trying to make a point that like one dude did it right and one dude didn't. So if you look at Luke 18, uh, verse 18, and this, this man shows up in different gospels. He's not only in Luke. But he comes to, to Jesus and says, um, like, what do, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Yeah, what do I need to get eternal life? And Jesus, first of all, calls him out for being a suck up. He's like, why are you calling me good? <laughs> and so he's like, oh, okay. So he says, you know, the, the commandments and he lists the first five. And his response is hilarious. Okay, so so this is what Jesus says to him. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And his response is, all these I have kept from my youth. Do you think he is lying? Yes. (laughs) Have you ever told a lie? Have you ever dishonored your parents? Probably yes. All right. Don't even bring into account that Jesus says that you commit adultery just by looking at another woman and thinking something poorly. Um, Do not steal. Like, Like so many of these things, it's like, come on, guy. And so then Jesus says, okay, uh, go ahead and sell all your stuff and give it to the poor and then come follow me. And when he heard these things, he became very sad for he was extremely rich. So this is what's crazy about the story of this guy. Jesus tells him, okay, like you've kept all the commandments. That's awesome. Go ahead and go sell all your stuff and give it to the poor and then come follow me. And I don't even think we have a recorded response, right? He became very sad. I was going to say, it just says he was sad. So I envision the guy just like looking at the ground and then looking at Jesus and just being like, uh, I, I, I gotta go. I gotta go. So he just wanders off. So this guy wanders off lost. But okay. How many times? I don't know. I guess I feel like when you have people that want to come alongside you, like even in just like regular relationships, when people want to come alongside you to be like, Hey, listen to my story. Do you want to like hear me out and you want to be on my side? And as soon as it's obvious that you're not interested in what they're saying, they will quickly dismiss you. You can see it in their face. You can hear it in their voice and just know that, well, I'm not going to change their mind on anything. 
I think that's what's going on. Jenny and I have been kind of like on this journey of trying to be more and more obedient. And I feel like we've we've said that a lot of times in our lives, but this time we like basically really mean it. (laughs) 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 Uh, Just like full transparency. We're not perfect people or anything. We're just trying to actually not even close live lives that reflect what God is calling us to. And what I think is so interesting is that as we embrace things that seem like they will be very difficult things, we find on the flip side, like on the on the on the other side of those decisions, that they're actually not. And so I think that's what's really interesting. I, I think about the the verse, um, "Come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light." It's basically Jesus saying, like this seems like it's difficult, but it's literally not. And so this guy who's very rich. Um, Jesus tells him, sell all you have and come follow me. And he just thinks like, that is too hard. I cannot do that. I'm going to wander off. And he wanders off. Don't forget this. The whole question was, how do I get eternal life? He wanders off without it, mm-hmm. without it. It wasn't worth it, which is crazy to me. It wasn't worth it to him. And so the world had tricked him into thinking that living a life that honors Jesus was too hard. And it was easier to just keep doing what he was doing. Well, it's wildly think, applicable to today. I was just going to say that because there's so many instances where they're like the issue of money is brought up. And we've said so many times before, like being rich is not a sin. Right. But chasing after it and putting it above what God asks. Right. Because we, I, we know plenty of people that are very well off that give their money at like very joyfully and without even a thought will like definitely give to things and give what is required of them, um, like what the Lord requires, but above and beyond that to things that they know are benefiting the kingdom of God. However, when you have people that are like not willing to let that go and worship money over God, that is when we see the problems. I think that's what Jesus is calling out like 100%. So the next story, they're not back to back, but they are very close. I was going to say that earlier. They're very close. (laughs) All right. They're, I don't know, 20 verses apart. The next story is somebody who would be perceived as a bad guy. So the first guy is this rich, influential, we can assume, I think, um, affluent guy. The Bible says that. Uh, He's coming to Jesus asking, what do I need to do to follow you? So the next guy we're introduced to is Zacchaeus, who is a tax collector. And we know that people hated tax collectors. We know that tax collectors were oftentimes very dishonest. And we know specifically Zacchaeus was very dishonest because he says so. <laughs> so here we have Zacchaeus. He comes to Jesus. Uh, like if you've been around church, you know the story. He climbs up in a tree because he's so short. He was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. <laughs> Uh, the crowd is furious that Jesus even pays attention to him. And Jesus says, I want to come to your house. And they say, the crowd says, um, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who has a sinner. This is chapter 19, verse seven. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. I do not think it's by mistake that this rich young ruler is just 20 verses before and he refuses to give away Mm -hmm. anything. Anything. And Zacchaeus is here like, okay, I will do it. I'll give away half. So he doesn't give away everything. Uh, I'll give away half. But if I've defrauded anyone, I will give back four times what I stole. What's interesting about that is he most likely definitely did steal from people. And imagine if you had to give back four times what you stole. 
I mean, if you think this is sort of controversial, if you think of tithing as required to God, uh, one of the Old Testament prophets actually says that you are stealing from God if you don't tithe. Imagine if you owed God four times what mm. you kept from him. That would be a lot. I'm guessing yeah, for all of us, bit. that would be a lot. So for Zacchaeus, this is a lot. And he does it, right? He does it. And Jesus says to him, today, salvation has come to this house since he is also a son of Abraham, a Jew, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. So in incredible story. Like this guy actually listens to Jesus mm -hmm. and he makes the right choice and he ends up with eternal life opposite the other man. So I think there's a lot to be taken from this. And I mean, there's a lot of other stories going on as well in this chapter or these chapters, I should say, but I think that is like the main focus. So I think we can definitely draw a year apart from it. Where would you land with that? Like, I mean, we've said that over and over again about using your money for God's kingdom. Don't allow it to be like a Lord over you. I think it's funny. Like the, the focus of these two stories is definitely money, but I think it applies to anything. Like your heart, where it's, whatever it's your you heart, put like, above the Lord. Yeah. Jesus told the rich young man, like, give away all your stuff. But the second thing he said is come follow me. Mm -hmm. And so the thing that kept it, the problem is that he didn't choose to follow him. It's not right. that he couldn't get rid of his money, but his money is what kept him from doing it. Mm -hmm. And money is, money is a significant thing that we tie up our hopes and our dreams into and we shouldn't. But I think there's, there's many other things that do the same thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I would say because I opened up and said that we're trying to do things a little bit differently this year. We're trying to be as obedient as possible. That has been very stretching for us mm -hmm. um, in ways that we would not have anticipated, I think. Like yeah. it, it, the more and more you're obedient to Jesus, the more and more you realize that you don't fit. Uh, you don't fit with the world that is not following Jesus. You don't fit many, many, many places. But well, you... It's interesting how faith is formed and shaped yeah. and what we believe is so radically different from where we were even a year ago that sometimes you have to like even reconsider the things that become like so every day, day in, day out of like, oh, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to be doing in my faith walk when actually in reality, it's like so far removed from what the Bible actually tells us Correct. to do. And it's been pretty eye opening for us as we are discovering more and more what we thought we understood so well. Think about the rich ruler. I mean, like mm -hmm. every, if you would have looked at this man, you would have assumed that he was doing everything right. He, he was rich. He had a lot of influence. Mm -hmm. He's very confident in telling Jesus that he has fulfilled all five commandments. I think he's probably stretching <laughs> the truth a little bit, but I, I don't think you end up confident saying that unless you're, yeah. you're, you're doing a pretty good life. You're making pretty good decisions. Uh, and, but the problem is when Jesus says, give it all up and come follow me, he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's too yeah. much. Yikes. So I think the, 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 your part is, Hey, what, what is keeping you from Jesus? What is it? And not just like in a, a legalistic traditional kind of way, like, I, I don't know what that looks like for you, but what would it look like for you to be more obedient to the life that Jesus is calling you to more obedient to your savior, who is Jesus more obedient, willing to do whatever he says, willing to view life's events the way that he says you should view them. How, what would that look like for you? That's the kind of life that Jesus is inviting you to. And that's the kind of life that we would encourage you to go to because what we have found in our own experience is what seems very difficult is actually not. And you don't feel the burden lift until you're on the other side. And you breathe a sigh of relief and you say, oh, my word, like his yoke <laughs> is easy and his burden is light. Like following Jesus is actually easier 
than trying to do life the other way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you don't have difficult things. It doesn't mean you don't have to make tough choices. Uh, but there is like a, a um, I don't know what, we just, we know we made the right choices. Yeah. And you will know that you've made the right choices. So we invite you to do that and we'll be back again tomorrow. We'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan Your Part. Don't forget, it is always more important that you listen to God's words rather than our words. So please stick around to hear the reading for the day uh, or go and find it in the Bible and read it yourself. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave a rating and write a review on whatever platform you are using to listen to us. Now that we have all that out of the way, here is the reading for today. Luke 18, verse 15. Now they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him, saying, Let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And a ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and mother. And he said, all these I have kept from my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. But when he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. Jesus, seeing that he had become sad, said, How difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard it said, Then who can be saved? But he said, What is impossible with man is possible with God. And Peter said, See, we have left homes and followed you. And he said to them, Truly I say to you, There is no one who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God, who will not receive many times more in this time and in the age to come. And taking the twelve, he said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day he will rise. But they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what he said. As he drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, What do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Chapter 19. He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd he could not, because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. 
he was gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. As they heard these things, he proceeded to tell a parable, because he was near Jerusalem, and because they supposed that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. He said, therefore, a nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and then return. Calling ten of his servants, he gave them ten minas, and said to them, Engage in business until I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, We do not want this man to reign over us. When he returned, having received the kingdom, he ordered these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him, that he might know what they had gained by doing business. The first came before him, saying, Lord, your mina has made ten minas more. And he said to him, Well done, good servant. Because you have been faithful in very little, you shall have authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Lord, your mina has made five minas. And he said to him, And you are to be over five cities. Then another came, saying, Lord, here is your mina, which I kept laid away in a handkerchief, for I was afraid of you, because you are a severe man. You take what you did not deposit, and you reap what you did not sow. He said to him, I will condemn you with your own words, you wicked servant. You knew that I was a severe man, taking what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank, and at my coming I might have collected it with interest? And he said to those who stood by, Take the mina from him, and give it to the one who has ten minas. And they said to him, Lord, he has ten minas. I tell you, to everyone who has, more will be given. But from the one who has not, even that which he has will be taken away. But as for these enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slaughter them before me. And when he had said these things, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he drew near to Bethphage and to Bethany, at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? You shall say this, The Lord has need of it. So those who were sent away went and found it, just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners said to them, Why are you untying this colt? And they said, The Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus, and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawing near already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory on the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day these things that make for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes, for the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side, and tear you down to the ground, and you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you, because you did not know the time of your visitation." And he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold, saying to them, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. And he was teaching daily in the temple. The chief priests and the scribes and the principal men of the people were seeking to destroy him. But they did not find anything they could do, for all the people were hanging on his words. 
Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.